Rutherford Issues on News Radio WGNS. Right now, that time, 1025, you're listening to WGNS again on this Monday morning. And our guest today from the Child Advocacy Center, Presley Hosford. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. It's so good to be back. So tell us a little bit about what you do at the Child Advocacy Center. Of course. So at the CAC, as we like to call it, I am the Community Education Coordinator. Um, And so what that means is I'm on the prevention side of things at our center. I get to go out into the community anywhere in Rutherford County and teach adults how to prevent child sexual abuse. And one of the programs that you participate and teach is the darkness to light program so tell us a little bit more about that yeah of course so darkness to light it's a nationally recognized training um, that empowers adults to learn the five steps it takes to prevent abuse in our community and so um, it first has a video format where we get to hear survivor stories so adults who have experienced abuse as children getting to tell us what that experience was what it was like holding on to that growing up and still how it affects them to this day Um, and then we have a discussion one-on-one where we learn the facts of sexual abuse because to understand it and prevent it we have to know what goes on and how it occurs and then we talk about how to minimize opportunity for abuse to occur and learn how to recognize the signs of abuse and what to do if a child discloses that information to you. In Tennessee, we are all mandated reporters, so it's our legal obligation to protect children, but I think as adults too, it's just our moral obligation. Um, And so that's kind of the basics of the training. So how often does abuse occur here locally? Oh goodness. Um, So actually, the University Tennessee of Knoxville just came out with a study saying that in Tennessee, the number is now one in eight children will experience sexual abuse before adulthood. Um, Nationally, that number is one in 10. But at our center, we see anywhere from two to five children a day. Um, It's quite staggering how many children are affected by this that's pretty insane and then when you look at the long-lasting impact of child sexual abuse what do you see all the way to adulthood um, adult children who have experienced sexual abuse they carry large amounts of shame and guilt you know Um, and so that's one thing we also teach in darkness to light Um, you know if you were a victim of sexual abuse it's not your fault that never should have happened to you Um, and hope and healing is possible how important is it for let's say the parent of a victim to actually go to police and make sure that something is done because you always hear stories years later it seems like where somebody says you know I I was a victim of this but nothing ever happened afterwards. Yeah, that's one reason the CAC model is so important is because our goal is to make sure we see that child and interview that child. So if you're a parent and you know that your child has been abused, or even if you have suspicion that your child has been abused, you should report that to DCS. Because once we get a referral from DCS, our team can kick into action to do a forensic interview for that child. And then we can help them uh, get the resources and counseling they need um, to continue having a healthy childhood and then a healthy adulthood. Again, Presley Hosford with us this morning from the Child Advocacy Center. And what are some of the things to kind of look out for 
in children. When children have been sexually abused, the biggest thing we are going to see are emotional and behavioral changes. Um, so let's say you have a child who's pretty mild-mannered, you know, a happy kid, and all of a sudden they might have signs of unexplained rebellion and anger. Um, you know, just seeing something that isn't likely in that child emotionally. Um, you kind of see a flip of the switch. Um, then we're going to say, you need to sit down and have, have a conversation with that child. Try to get to the bottom of things because they're not just acting out for nothing. You know, something has occurred for them to change their behavior. I'm sure you see cases for boys and girls, but do you have numbers on, uh, you know, who it impacts more or is it equal? It's pretty equal for, you know, Boys and girls, I would say that for um, girls, it's one in six, boys one in seven, but we actually are seeing our LGBTQ plus youth being affected more, where they are being affected one in four instead of that one to seven, one to 10 range. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter race, social economic status, um, it affects all children everywhere. So the initial connection that somebody makes, let's say a, a predator, a child predator, that initial connection they make with that child victim, where is it usually? We actually see that children, 90% um, of our victims know their abuser. It's someone in the family, could be immediate family. Um, most times it's a family friend. Um, and so we teach people to go go beyond uh, go beyond stranger danger since that's only 10% of the cases. So it's um, in the family, family friends, and that's where we need to be keeping our eye out and talking to children about healthy boundaries, especially with those who are close. And then I would imagine a percentage of those who are strangers, they often, I guess, meet the kids online. That's one thing I wanted to bring attention to. Uh, June is Internet Safety Month. And while 10% of our cases are stranger danger, um, the online world is um, a really scary place right now for kids. Um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, they have a cyber tip line where you can go and report any um, child sexual abuse material you see on Online. And last year, there was over 88 million reports of uh, children being exploited online. And online, I guess a lot of those situations unfold to where it's somebody asking for pictures mm -hmm. or something similar to that. Yeah. And so it'll kind of start slow, you know, of um, an adult. They could be portraying themselves as a younger person online because you can change your name, your profile picture. And so they might start a conversation with a child and say, oh, how old are you? And the kid could say, you know, 12, 13. Oh, me too. What's your favorite kind of music? Well, this. Oh, that's my favorite genre of music. And then they'll go on um, to more personal things, more personal information, which can escalate to pictures being sent online and even the perpetrator trying to meet the child in person. How do you actually teach your kids, you know, not to be so trusting online because kids are very trusting on social media? Oh, yeah. These are the conversations that we have to sit down and actively have with our children on a regular basis. We want to tell them, hey, when you're online, I want to know where you're going online, how long you'll be online. Um, 
and when you think you'll be off. Just like if they were to go out on a weekend, you know, we would be asking those questions. And we also want to teach them to not give out identifying information like their address, neighborhood, where they go to school, what extracurricular activities they do. And, um, and if anyone is asking for personal information or pictures, they need to go and tell their trusted adult. And then these days, there's a lot of kids who play video games online and they're talking to literally total strangers out there, but yet they may think because they have a good rapport with them that they're the same age, that Mm -hmm. they're able to open up to them. And the next thing you know, I guess, same thing, they're giving addresses out and who knows what. We urge parents to put on those parental guidelines whenever you can. Um, So if there is a live stream where they can talk to strangers, shutting that down, um, or if they're going to do, if they want to talk to someone on an online game that's live, maybe we do that in the living room where um, anyone can hear the conversation, right? And we also want to teach them um, about cyberbullying and sexting as well, letting them know um, that these things are not okay. And these are all things that parents, you know, a lot of them didn't have to worry about all of this stuff. But nowadays, you do have to. Yeah, it's scary. Um, You know, back then, if kids were being bullied it was at school or wherever and they could go home and get away from it but now with cyberbullying it follows you everywhere so are there darkness to light programs coming up that people can actually participate in soon i'm actually really glad you asked that because i actually have a public virtual training coming up this friday the 30th from five to six on zoom and um, with this training of course you learn how to prevent child sexual abuse in the real world um, but it also goes to how do you can prevent it online so some of the things we've been talking about today we'll discuss in our training um, it's just an hour long and it's free um, and so for just an hour of your time you can be a safer adult and a safer parent and so to sign up for this just call the child advocacy center or just go to the website what, what do we do yeah so i've actually posted on facebook the zoom link so you could go to our facebook child advocacy center of rutherford county and on our page um, i've made a cute little post um, where you can see the date the time and access the zoom link if you want to call us beforehand to confirm you can call at 615-867-9000 but all are welcome to join Now, here in Tennessee, going back to what you were saying earlier about how we as adults, you know, we are required to report any suspected child abuse or child sexual abuse. You can also do that anonymously from what I understand in Tennessee. Yes, all reports can be made anonymously, which um, a lot of the times people feel better about because there could, you know, the question come into play of, well, what if I know this person and what if I upset this person? Um, Well, you are protected by being able to make all reports anonymously. So by doing that, are, are you able to track the report that you file? Are you able to find out if anything ever happened with it? Yeah, you can stay up to date um, with the report you made, and you can always um, call back to check in on the report you made and see if anything has been done, see how that child is doing. 
Again, Presley Hosford with us this morning with the Child Advocacy Center. And again, here in Murfreesboro, after a crime is reported to police and it is a child sexual abuse case, what is the first thing that happens? If a report is made to police, then they're going to get in, um, or with DCS, then our team kicks into action. A DCS caseworker will be assigned to that case, um, and then they'll come to our center for a forensic interview. Um, If abuse is disclosed during this interview, then we're going to take the proper steps necessary to get that child help it needs. Um, And then we work closely with the district attorney's office as well, um, and we prosecute harshly for offenders. So are all the cases, do they do the, I guess, the forensic interview there at the Child Advocacy Center if they're Rutherford County cases? We mostly do see Rutherford County, but we're also in Cannon County. Um, That's our sister office. Um, And so we'll We'll be in Cannon County uh, sometimes as well for our interviews. And again, with us this morning, Presley Hosford with the Child Advocacy Center. If anybody has any questions, I don't know if they want to get involved in any of the programs, what's the best way to do that? If you could just call our center again, our number is 615-867-9000. You can take the Darkness to Light training for free, and you can even become a Darkness to Light facilitator yourself, where you can go out and uh, facilitate these trainings to your community, your friends and family and help prevent child abuse because it is a community effort. And as we close this morning, is there anything that you would say to parents out there? I would just say, um, have these conversations with your children often of where they're going online. Um, Make sure they're not using any identifying information. Talk to them about the dangers of sexting and cyberbullying. And together, prevention of child sexual abuse is possible. Again with us this morning, Presley Hosford with the Child Advocacy Center here in Murfreesboro. And again, serving Rutherford County and Cannon County. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. At time right now, 1038, you're listening to WGNS. We do have more news and information coming your way next. Rutherford Issues on News Radio WGNS. 